You're listening to Ricky and Jimmy on Relationships, the show where we uncover the thoughts and behaviors that are sabotaging your relationship and what you can do about it. Jimmy and I are passionate about sharing the ways that imperfect partners like you and I can shift unhealthy relational dynamics and create closeness. So welcome, drop your defenses and open your heart, eyes, and ears. Let's learn how to be the best partner we can be together. <laughs> What's happening now? We're going to kill it. This is going to be amazing. Okay. Yeah, we are going to kill it. Okay. I'm going to let you intro because you're so much better than me. Okay. Let's do this. This unplanned intro. Um, today for our episode number three, yes. Jimmy and I want to talk to you guys about the questions that we get the most often on our social media accounts. We wish that we could answer everybody's question one-on-one, -on -one, but we're not counselors. We just love this topic a ton and there's no way we could answer all of all of the people one-on-one. -on -one. So here we are. Let's talk about quick, quick, kind of quick answers to the most frequent questions that we get on the social media accounts about relationships. Yeah, How's I love that. That, um, that was perfect. <laughs> um, let's start with an let's start with an easy one because last week we kind of dove into. Um, we talked a lot about um, turning conflict into closeness. If you yeah, haven't seen that, that episode, I, like I think that, that that's one. a great episode. Yeah. Uh, my only my only minor critique to that episode is that we spend a lot of time on kind of destructive behaviors to watch out for. Um, mm. We probably didn't spend as much time uh, uh, talking about all the little things that we should be doing instead of. We did mention the antidotes and all that stuff, but yeah. it's it's super nice to try to to try to talk about what to do instead and not just focus on the negative. I agree. And I, um, there are actually studies that show, this is so good. Should I interrupt this podcast with a real quick study? Obviously. They took, <laughs> they took three, three groups of couples. And I want to get this right because this study was fascinating. Three groups of couples. And with one group, they told them techniques for conflict management. And, for, and that's all they told them. Like, hey, here are some techniques for conflict management. See if in a month this helps your relationship. With another group, they taught them, here are conflict, conflict management techniques. And here are also ways that you can increase closeness with each other. So that's cool. They wanted to see who would do better. Then they took the third group and they didn't teach them anything about conflict management. All they said was, here are ways to increase closeness. And I want you to guess which group did the best at the end of the month. They they said, let's reassess your marriage. How are things going or your relationship? Do you have any um, idea? I guess the surprising. third one, just because. You're right. Would, You're you right. The, yeah. the folks who learned about conflict management did not do any better. They had zero relationship <laughs> happiness increase. Isn't good. that nuts? Isn't that nuts? <laughs> and the folks who had who were only focusing on closeness had bigger gains than the people who were doing both just because they weren't they weren't worrying about the conflicts. They were only thinking, how can I increase closeness and, and endear this person to me and, and do things that make them feel loved? That's nuts. I, and they, yeah, it is nuts. It's but a lesson. It's, it's, it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like the conflict resolution takes care of itself when you can work on the exactly. closeness. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're less you're less motivated to fight when you're more focused on taking care of each other and making the yeah. other happy. And you Very can't cool. really be close if you're practicing those destructive behaviors so if you're really if you're mm -hmm. really trying to be close then you start to pay attention like oh this defensiveness yeah. or dismissiveness or blaming them or criticism that that doesn't mm -hmm. really bring us any closer together and so totally know, it's, it's totally messing up that closeness thing i want to do later so i'm going to yeah. stop being a jerk yeah um, anyway so 
So one of the first things I want to talk about, just because we're going to be answering a ton of questions, and I thought that it'd be important to kind of just establish a little bit of a foundation. One thing I wanted to talk about and, and get your opinion on is a lot of these are going to overlap, obviously, because when you're yeah. talking about how to solve different problems. So one of the mm -hmm. things that was just mulling around in my brain is um, a common thread is always going to be emotional safety. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like if you don't have emotional safety in your relationship, if you don't feel close with your partner, feel safe with your partner during conflicts, um, I feel like they're just going to be continually unresolved. Compromise is going to seem impossible. Distance and yeah. disconnection continues to grow. Um, mm -hmm. So so I would love to hear your just kind of take on emotional safety. Give me a, Give me whatever comes into your head when you think of how do we grow, cultivate, prioritize emotional safety in our relationships? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the vast majority of our questions, let me scroll through real quick on it. The vast majority of our questions uh, have to do with some sort of conflict or problem that people are having. Sure. And without a couple knowing how to or spending any time on building safety, these things are going to keep popping up. It doesn't really matter if you say the perfect thing yeah. You know, in response to this this argument, if you guys don't have safety and closeness, uh, yeah, that these problems aren't going. If you're the, then you're the conflict couple, right? You're the, yeah. you're oh, the group sure. that's only focusing on oh, here's the same problem over and over again. Yeah. So, um, what what I was thinking about, uh, and what I want our listeners to think about is like the ability for both partners to show up as their authentic selves, not mm -hmm. not behind a mask of fear or avoidance. Uh, mm -hmm vulnerably and respectfully be able to express hurts, needs, desires, mm -hmm. and then them feeling confident that the majority of the time their partner will be receptive and they will feel valued and heard during that conversation. Yeah. So now um, to a couple in distress, that seems like a pretty tall order. Absolutely. What, what you just said, but yeah. I got to say, um, even for my partner and I who were quite distressed in the beginning, I'd say um, just sitting down with each other and talking about how we want to be on the same team that helped a lot because That's then huge. even though yeah. yeah even though we were feeling defensive when these things were popping up we could come back to our agreement that we're on the same team and we both want this to work out so we're going to push through the discomfort and the lack of safety that we both feel and have this difficult discussion i think that's so important what you mm -hmm. like just the, what you said about having this devotion to being on the same team you could mm -hmm. you could um, you could call it um kind of having a standard in your relationship yeah. like hey this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna handle these conflicts or how do you think we should handle these i mean all those yeah. questions when you really care about your relationship with another person i think that those are so important to mm -hmm. have and i never had them and i, I, I don't know before. if you yeah. before yeah and yeah. um maybe i was just too scared maybe i was just or uh, ignorant. Or a lot ignorant. of us don't know that we need to be doing these things. Yeah. So. so, so it's 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 so important that we have those conversations where we're like, hey, this is mm -hmm. this this seems like it happens a lot in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and it, this isn't always about resolving every conflict you have because unfortunately, there's going to be certain conflicts that just your personalities don't miss you know miss you know, so Ooh, we can't do an episode without mentioning the Gottmans. That's Obviously. like in our contract, yeah. right? Um, you, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to mention the fact that they that they talk about how so many conflicts yes. go unresolved? Oh, yes, I and hate now that statistic. I'm, I hate you that hate statistic. it. I Obviously. think that's so comforting. I, really, I'm comforted by that because I'm glad. yeah, well, I mean, it makes me think. 
because I, I would always daydream about that perfect relationship where there was no conflict. Yeah. So yeah, hearing that conflict is not only natural and normal, but it's going to happen and it's going to be unresolved and that's okay. Yes. I thought that was great. I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that. I'm <laughs> sorry. Are you still clinging to the dream of the conflictless relationship? Let it go, Jimmy. It's not no, real. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not the conflict free. It's the. It's just the the wording of the statistic. It's like, mm -hmm. what what is it? It's like, uh, it's something extremely. I want to say sixty percent. Yeah, it's like it's at least it's two thirds. Nuts. Yeah, it's two thirds of all of your unresolved conflicts. Mm -hmm. will continue to be unresolved. I don't remember the, the exact statistic. It was it was relatively depressing when I read it. <laughs> Wait, we can edit all of. This. We're, I was going to say we're going to. I was like I was going to say this is now going to be. We're now into an edit. Yeah. I'm just googling unresolved conflict Gottman, and I bet it'll pop right up. I bet it will. Sixty nine percent. What wow, I did job. it. Sixty nine percent of problems How in relationships are unsolvable. That means. Ladies, how do you, how he's never not? going to fold the towels the way that you want him to. No matter how many times you show him, he's just not going to be able to. And right. you're going to have to accept it. That's rough. That's really Maybe rough. Maybe that's what you're upset about. I don't know how your wife is folding yeah. towels, but it's it's never going to happen the right way. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I guess we should put a little disclaimer on that because like, that doesn't mean that we can't manage them in a respectful way it just means that oh i love that no i love that, that. You know, you're right yeah. um like um one one way this is yeah. actually i don't know if this is healthy or not but this is this is something that happened <laughs> in my in my marriage um yeah. that i'm no longer in um Correct. he hated the way that i did laundry and we ended up doing our laundry separately we just oh. separated all the laundry That's because funny. we yeah we we figured out very early on that i would never do laundry correctly right oh, so we goodness. just yeah so we just did it separately do you want let me hit you with a question that oh, you're I would prepared love for that. and I see how that. it goes and if you hate it just edit it out that's I the magic that. we're the, the magic. we're the ones controlling the environment here um, that's right how can we express our needs without triggering our partners i, I probably we, get this question every other day i would how think can we express our needs without triggering mm -hmm. our partners without um, triggering them into <laughs> defensiveness or upset or yeah yeah there's obviously certain things that we can do to mm -hmm. help them to not be triggered um one of those would be uh i would i would say if there was something on my heart that i needed to talk about you can mm -hmm. uh it's always nice to ask them if it's a good time to talk about something important I love to you that. that's important um, yeah it's very important we don't think about it instead of just <laughs> even if you're going to do it in a kind yeah. way it's nice yeah. to still ask is this a yeah. good time for you now a lot of people would push back and say yeah but my partner will say it's never a good time or they'll just i've heard that too they'll just yeah. blow it off and if you're in that situation then clearly you understand that this is not healthy and you should probably be talking to a professional you know absolutely however but you can you can ask them for a good time though too like hey i've got them. something really important can we can we schedule a time to sit down and talk absolutely. about it yeah and if they that never get back to you sure mm, that's very yeah. frustrating and you yeah. should be you should see that as a clear sign uh-oh, something's off here. Yeah. Um, or it doesn't or mean, that uh, couples therapy may be a, a better route than sitting down so. together if you can't sit down and together. And that's an, that's an extremely important thing that you just said, because a lot of times mm -hmm. we talk about different tools to navigate conflict. Sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes the advice I give is y'all shouldn't be talking. Like, yeah. I mean, not yeah. talking at all, but like right. you shouldn't be 
conflicting because like yeah. you, don't, you don't know how to do it. Like sure, some of it's not DIY. Some of it you need a yeah. professional to come. You really in and, do and help I mean, you. A third party. I feel like that was us. I really do feel like that was. I don't yeah. feel like we truly learned how to resolve mm-hmm. conflict until we were sitting in front of a therapist and they mm-hmm. were and they were like helping us navigate. Like okay, so he just said that. What yeah. he really tell tell her what you really meant by that statement, or tell us the feelings underneath. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it's back and forth and yada yada. And Jimmy, that is so insanely normal because nobody teaches us how to fight. Nobody teaches us how to. I mean, maybe if you have siblings, you've got a little more training than an only child. But other than that, nobody teaches us how to have conflict in a healthy no. way with our significant other. So, so chances important. are good. Chances are good. Some yep. couples counseling might be a good idea. Oh, in your gosh. relationship yeah. where I, there is I, conflict that's upsetting. Yeah. I love, I've only heard of like one or two people say that they're going to go to counseling mm-hmm. um, before they even have trouble. Like they're newly, oh, newly the newlyweds and they're I like, the and they're like, we're going to go, we're going to go just because we know that's that amazing. like, yeah, we know that there's some things that we need to learn and we want to like get ahead of this game. I'm like, y'all yeah. are going to make it like you oh, guys, absolutely. I'm like, wow. you guys are, are the power couple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when so people back- start telling you that they're going to get married too, maybe we should find some creative way to be like, couples I love that now. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. this course that we made real quick. I mean, hey, hey. I know. I love that. Okay. That's so funny. to answer your question, there are there are certain things that we can do. One of them mm-hmm. is ask, asking, hey, is this a good time to bring up something that's important to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they, Hopefully they say yes, or they give mm-hmm. you a time that they're, you know, not right now, but in an hour, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go back to, um, if you want some more information, you can look up the Gottman Soft Start Startup. Um, it's love very it. important that we speak from a place of self when we we speak about specific behaviors that we Mm -hmm. have noticed or specific patterns we don't bring up 2019 like hey i'm i'm drudging up all this past i love we talk about a specific thing that happened and how it made us feel we we try our best not to be accusatory we try our best not to get critical of their and and like start attacking their character and calling them lazy or calling Mm -hmm. them and that um, can be very tough to do i definitely default to you're a jerk and i try i really have to zip my lips because yeah yeah, it's hard to not put them on the defensive it is i default to i do when i say it out loud now it sounds Mm -hmm. so so malicious or mean but i tend to default to like what were you thinking or like why did you do it that way you know, yeah. like, why, why did you do that? Yeah. Um, if it, especially if I'm, if it's supposed to hurt, hurt my feelings or something, I'm like, why would you do it that way? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but that's obviously going to come across very, who's not going to want to, who's not going to immediately have a tendency to get defensive. In, I feel defensive that, you know? right now. And you're not even talking about me. Yeah, it's exactly. true. It's a, it's <laughs> and that's, and that's part of maturity is realizing if somebody did that to me, I bet I would be defensive. And like, yeah. that's part of, that's part of like really trying to self-reflect and be like, okay, like mm-hmm. there's some things that even I would react you know, poorly too, if, if I said yeah. those words to myself, anyways, it's tough, it's tough taking yourself out of that state of mind Very tough. when you're upset or acting. And that's, and that's a, that's an extremely important point about emotional regulation. Like mm-hmm. we need to notice when we're kind of mm-hmm. a little bit more emotionally unreg or emotionally more yeah. upset than normal and ask and ask our partner hey i'm a little too activated to have a yeah. good conversation right now let's take a five or ten minute breather and i will come back to this it, it takes to so much it takes yeah. so much reflection and maturity to do that but that's in a tough. conflict that's really necessary for both of you to be on guard over over like are is this getting out of hand is this getting Absolutely. too are, are we starting to kind of devolve into fighting not just mm-hmm. like 
having a healthy conflict. Totally. Um, did I cover everything? That was I wonderful. Would, I've, I feel like it's time for the next question. Okay, Because I, I feel like that's good. We got it. Uh, do you want me to hit you with one? Do it. I'm ready. I'm all right. Ready. All right. This is a, one that you've never heard of. Um, okay. I love this question, though. So <laughs> it might take a minute to like calibrate. But how okay. do you? How do I know if I'm healed from my trauma? Let's say somebody is going. Ooh, they want like to enter. They want to enter a relationship, but they're yeah. but they're cognizant that they went through some stuff in the past, and they want to have. They want to set themselves up the best chance of success in the future, and they mm-hmm. might be asking themselves, "How do I know if I'm healed from my yeah. trauma?" Okay, so. The first thing I always want to tell people, because I see this online a lot and it, it low key enrages me. I want, I want people to know you don't have to be healed from your trauma Absolutely. before getting into a relationship. Yes. Relationships by nature are things that heal us or can be right. Can be. So absolutely. don't look at all relationships as things that bring up your trauma, because if you do that, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're looking at all relationships as damaging, difficult things, and they aren't all, right? That said, if you've got patterns that you see yourself repeating and they're very painful, and you don't have any strategies for doing things differently, that might be the time to pause, focus your attention on how you can, you know, grab some new strategies before you dive headfirst into a new relationship that you don't have any plan on a different way to go about it. Yeah. I love that. How's that? I love that. So it's absolutely I know. good. Yeah. Thank you. I liked it. Um, there are, <laughs> there are definitely some, some of my traumas that I don't know that I'll ever consider myself healed from. They may always be triggering. They may always be sore spots. Um, but I have so many strategies and tools now for dealing with them. So I don't worry about the level of healed I'm at. Am I 89% healed? Am I 20% healed? I don't worry about that. I, I, if I'm worried about the patterns at all, I'm like, where are my strategies? Do I need more strategies? Are the ones I have failing me? Am I looking at this the right way? How does my partner think I'm doing with these? Like there's, so many That's better so ways to go about it. Yeah, than going how healed am I on a scale of 1 to 10. I, I always say it? I always say that, that perfection isn't the goal. Direction is, you know, growth ah, and maturity yeah. and awareness. Um, mm-hmm. that's you don't need to answer the question am I healed to enter right. a relationship. It, it's really just do I understand what's going on inside of me? Do I understand what happened to me and why it was wrong yeah. and how to not repeat those behaviors? But I love it. I love it. Who's, that, who's, that felt who's, good. Whose turn was? Oh, it's your turn. I'm it's sorry. my turn. Okay. okay. Um, I can't wait. Oh, this is a, okay. We need some positivity. We need our five to one ratio. That's another that. thing I was talking to my partner today about. Um, if eh, Gottman's, let's just let's just have this be the Gottman podcast. I'm pretty sure they're all going to be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Um, we we we're aiming for five positives to every negative in the relationship. Correct. So uh, that's anyway, a must. So, that's right. So those last two were yeah. a little heavy. Let's get a positive one in here. Oh, bring okay. Our ratio up. Um, what actions or gestures does my partner appreciate most? And I, yeah. I'm always a little weirded out when people ask me that because I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know your partner and everybody's different, but I bet, I bet you've got an answer. If somebody asks you, like, I really want to make my partner feel loved and special, and sometimes I don't know how to do that. Jimmy, yeah. do you have any advice for me? So I love that. So mm-hmm. here's my here's the off the cuff uh, my the initial initial answer. Um, men love it 
when you're, you know, your partner is, I'm sure this goes both, both ways, but a, a mm-hmm. lot of men would say they agree with it. They love being appreciated for the contributions that they are making. They love, cool. they feed on that praise. Um, and the Gottman's talk a lot about admiration mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we, admiration gets really tricky in a lot of relationships because especially a lot of people watching this, um, they would probably say, well, I would love to admire my partner, but, mm-hmm. but I'm caught up in all these other feelings, you know, I'm, I'm caught up sure. in all this resentment and they oh, don't, yeah. they don't <clears throat> help me around the house and they don't, they disrespect me and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But, the, but we, we tend to forget that the goal is admiration. The goal is mm. mutual admiration for each other. Right. And the Gottmans are extremely, um, like, I don't know what the word would be direct. Oh, they're, they're fanatical like, too about yeah. cultivating an environment yes. of appreciation. And admiration. Mm-hmm. And, and admiration. And, and we tend to think, well, sure, that would be great, but I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. Right. And if have, I compliment him, he's he's going to keep doing the things that drive me oh nuts my gosh. and nothing will change. And uh, Yeah. I have yeah. to. I've heard multiple, <laughs> multiple times. I have to get on him. I have to nag yeah. him or else nothing will get done. Yeah. And like we, we're sympathetic to those issues. And I'm not oh, saying Oh, I know those, that feeling. Yeah. yeah I, I know, know that, that feeling. I know that feeling. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I want those issues to get worked out in front of a professional. Mm-hmm. We're just telling you that, that the research shows that mm-hmm. if admiration is absent from your relationships, that's a huge issue. Sure. Regardless, regardless of what you want to say, your excuse is. But oh it, yeah, well let's run just, a little a fun issue. thought experiment here too. You can yeah. play along if you'd like. Let's say you're doing the dishes in the kitchen, yeah. and your partner walks in and gives you a little hug around the waist and says, "I love that you're doing the dishes right now. Thank you so much." And then she leaves. How much more motivated are you to? to be looking around for other things that you can do that are great as opposed to a scenario where she walks in and notices that you're doing the dishes in some way that drives her nuts and she makes a comment on that that puts you in a completely different state of mind you're not going to be looking for other good things to do so that's what i that's what i try to convey to people who tell me well i can't compliment him then he'll never do anything different it's like you have to compliment him because without that and environment of appreciation we're we're focused on defending ourselves and how can i yeah Yeah. how can i defend myself against all these attacks instead of how can i do things that make my partner smile and feel loved Uh, yeah i think i think it's i think it's absolutely vital and it tends to get neglected like just a Mm -hmm. culture of intentional appreciation and admiration Mm -hmm. um so that's so that's obviously huge to at least be working towards that goal. If you're not there mm-hmm. yet, that's perfectly fine. But yeah. just know that like, oh yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what mm-hmm. we should be both shooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the here's other thing, a, I have a, if I yeah, may interject. Please. I, um, when people ask me what actions and gestures do, do my partner appreciate the most, I, I always, always tell them, ask them. I always say that, like, you need oh, to ask them. It's huge. so That's important that you find out directly from the <laughs> horse's mouth what makes them f- glow. That is part of intimacy, obviously, is, yeah. you know, knowing yeah. your spouse inside and out. And, mm-hmm. and you you should absolutely. Now, I will give women a lot of credit. Sometimes when you ask men, hey, how do you feel loved and valued <laughs> most? I don't know. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're yeah. like how about you stop bothering me while I watch the game? Oh like, my gosh. That, I'm just saying like, that. yeah, <laughs> sometimes that's all that they can come up with. Yeah. Um, so, so it's those little things, but, but, but I know that he's going to appreciate you. Um, 
admiring him, going out of your way to intentionally appreciate the efforts that he's, even if you only think that his efforts are, well, he does go to work 10 hours a day. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm just saying like, find things that you can appreciate. Okay. So I've gone too long. I've gone too long on this one. The next, the next one is, is obvious because, Mm -hmm. you know, every woman knows, I would say, um, initiating some sort of sexual intimacy is Ah. absolutely I'm going to say that's probably at the top of most guys. Um, most yeah. guys, most guys' love languages are physical touch and mm-hmm. words of affirmation. So that goes I, with the admiration and that goes with the physical I'm touch. I'm going to pause you right Please now because I know, I know every woman that's listening to this right now is like, no, you know, like there's, I, I can hear it echoing in the future. Well, obviously. Yeah. But well, well, I. Initiating is yeah. hard for us. It's hard for us. It is. Yeah. It's hard for us in a different way than it's difficult for you guys, I would say. Oh, but I'm sure. It's a completely different. But I'm just saying that if, if if I was, if your man was really self-aware, yeah, I bet that he could say, He'd I love that. it. I love it when she initiates. Like, I okay. love it. Because think about it. The, think about the other way around. When mm-hmm. he's chronically not, when he's, um, when he's the only one that initiates. Mm-hmm. He he might he might come across as like oh he's manly and he doesn't really have a lot of emotions or he doesn't mm-hmm. show but that hurts that hurts from oh it's like, probably lonely invalidating it's, it yeah. feels very undesirable I, I don't mm. you won't you don't feel very desired now yeah. you might not be desired because you mm-hmm. you because you aren't creating an environment where she even wants to desire you you're not yeah cultivating intimacy you're not pursuing closeness and um but we're just telling you like for the for the people that are like no my relationship is pretty good i just want to do i want to do some extra things for my man like what can i do yeah they're already in the state of mind yeah yeah, because i I get those questions and then i'm like oh fantastic like this is exactly what he wants from you (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm gonna remember that i'm gonna remember that and chris will thank you for bringing that up today on the show because those are those are huge (laughs) but like you said but like you said I would, I would think to yourself, what do I think? And then mm-hmm. I would just say like, this is what I've been thinking, but like, I want to hear it from you. I want to know exactly yeah, what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a very vulnerable conversation. And sometimes men, it is, you know, it is. I know. Yeah. I can, I can remember asking him stuff like that in the beginning. And he even admitted, he was like, I can't just come up with this stuff on the spot. Like yeah. if you ask me a question like that, this is like area that I've never delved into. Give me like a day to chew on that question before I come back to you. And That's I was interesting. Like, oh, that I thought that was a good way to do it. All right. I have a question for you. Okay. I'm ready. All right. This is, listen, if you can't answer this question, then. Then we'll edit know. it out. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just saying with all of your, cause you're like the queen of this. So. Okay. This is an okay. attachment question, isn't it? Yeah. How do I deal with, how do I deal with my anxiety when my partner is taking time or space away from me? Ah, that's a big one. That's, do you, I've, I know just listening to that people's anxiety is rising because they're imagining their partner, like ditching out on them. And now whether it's during conflict, whether he's just, he or she is just like taking a, Mm -hmm. like, I need a, I need some time away, or maybe it's just because they're an independent person and they Mm -hmm. like to go they're just like hey uh, i want to go away for the weekend with my buddies or my girlfriends and you're just kind of stuck in this anxious like uh yeah i've oh i've been there many times so (laughs) so the thing that i'm going to start out with is this answer is for a relationship that's mostly good 
It's yeah. mostly good. If your partner is constantly gone, if you're the person who's sending me messages saying that you haven't heard from your partner in two or three weeks, this answer is not for you. I'm talking about the people who have a mostly good relationship or at least 50-50 good, and they're feeling a lot of anxiety and nervousness when they're not getting texts back immediately. They're not getting phone calls back in a timely manner. Their partner's gone for the weekend and not telling them what time they'll be back on Sunday. Kind of more more general anxiety in a relationship, not more extreme or even abusive, you know, weeks long without communication. Um, so the answer, nobody's going to like this, Jimmy. I didn't, why did I, why did we have this question in here? Um, practice, practice. Sorry guys. It's a lot yeah. of practice. Um, yeah. for me, I had to spend a lot of that alone time sitting with very uncomfortable feelings, asking myself, why am I so insecure when he's gone for an entire day? Where are these feelings coming from? What can I personally do with this? Is this something that I need to write down and bring to my therapist in our next session? Um, I think, it's a tough question because they people want an answer that will bring their partner back to them. You of know, course. they want the answer that'll stop all that distance from happening. But if you can, got, I, yeah, please do. Please I interject. Was gonna, well, well, I just had a thought real quick because, mm -hmm. especially if you kind of identify with that anxious attachment and mm -hmm. you happened to get into a relationship with an avoidant attachment, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. almost never happens. Oh, by the way. no, no. Yeah, it's done. Oh, it's, it's all of us guys. It's all super, of us. super rare, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except for it's all of us. Yeah. Um, here's, here's a great point. So especially if you think, yeah, my, my significant other seems to fall into the avoidant category. Okay. Mm -hmm. They crave independence. Uh, don't if I say anything that's not right, please correct me. I but, will correct you on the spot. Yep. Please. They, <laughs> but they they crave independence, and mm -hmm. um, let's just say that he wants to go away mm -hmm. for the weekend or whatever. The yeah. fact the fact that you are cool with that, the fact that you give him a little like uh, more slack in the line, mm -hmm. I feel like that makes him want to come back even stronger. You're absolutely correct. Um, our ability to give them the space to be their independent self builds safety. Yeah. Remember, so now we're tying it all back yeah. to the beginning of the episode here. Absolutely. Um, and and they when they feel safety, that increases their capacity for closeness. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe in those terrifying moments when you're sitting alone and you're feeling such heightened anxiety, you can remember everything that I'm doing to give them healthy independence is going to make them more able to come close to me. For um, sure. That said, too, let's reach into our toolkit and telling, setting some boundaries. Another episode. We can't go an entire episode without talking about boundaries either. But yep. um, I, I told my partner, who is fiercely independent, um, I love that you that you have things that you like to go do that light you up. But if you want to be with me, I need to know when you're coming back. At least a at least a time frame. You know, it doesn't have to be exact. Or if it's going to be later, like please do me the courtesy of of letting me know through text. It doesn't have to be a big long thing. And I promise you, I will be cool with it. And I will hope that you had a good time while you're gone. Yeah, and that's so important that you brought that up because I don't mm -hmm. ever want anybody to feel like 
well, this is what you need to do and your partner can just do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Like, no, mm -hmm. we're assuming that both of you, yeah. especially if you're on a spectrum of anxious or avoidant mm -hmm. uh, attachment, that you are kind of working towards, like, as an avoidant, you might be thinking, like, I know what kind of makes her what kind of triggers her and what makes her anxious. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm actively working towards her instead of yes. just like not Screw. thinking about it, you know, whatever. Yeah. The, another, um, great sentence, uh, I said, I care about how we both experience this relationship. I care about your experience of it. And I also care about my experience of it. And if That's you so want, yeah, if, and, and if you want me to be happy in this relationship, that's just something that needs to happen. I need to know when you're coming and going. And yeah. because I care about your experience of this relationship, I want you to be able to go do the things that you want to do. I want that for you also. Yeah. That diffused that, him a lot, I know, in the beginning. So, And that's that brings us right back to emotional safety. I, I think yes. I feel like if both partners mm -hmm. are mutually respecting each other, I feel like mm -hmm. if both partners however you just said it where you're like i care about how you experience this relationship mm -hmm. if both partners are saying that you can conquer the world if, absolutely you can if you don't have yeah. that in your relationship it always tends to suffer you know yeah. so yeah. so so on that let's let's mm -hmm. let's launch real quick into another question Ooh. where we just kind of talk about what does healthy love look like oh. because obviously we've mentioned emotional safety i'll i'll yeah. start if you want me to while you're okay, thinking please do i yep. feel like we mentioned emotional safety. We mentioned mutual respect. We mentioned appreciation mm -hmm. and admiration. We mentioned um, closeness. Now, unfortunately, all of those are just buzzwords. So, um, <laughs> yeah. within all of those are little little things of like, okay, but how do we do that? Mm -hmm. um, but it really all boils down to practicing that vulnerability and that healthy communication. Just like Ricky said you should both have the courage and the honesty to ask each other like how do you mm -hmm. feel loved in this partnership and mm -hmm. then cuz people always say well i don't know i don't know how to do any of those things and it's like well most of it is just conquering our fears of just like having those difficult conversations totally and accepting you know. that we might be really bad at it before we're really sure. good at it so absolutely but like you can too. never go wrong with two people that are say like i i really do care about how you feel loved mm. and so like i just want to know and then, mm -hmm. and then the hard part is, rem is remembering to do the things that they, <laughs> that they say. That is the hard part. Um, yeah. I, I one, one great thing too, back on the idea of being on each other's team, uh, yeah. my partner and I work very hard to not push each other out of our respective comfort zones. So mm. I think that that is a good thing to keep in mind. He knows that my comfort zone is a lot of closeness. It's a lot more closeness than he's probably comfortable with, yeah. but he doesn't want to push me too far outside of that. And I know that his comfort zone is a lot more independence and doing his own thing. And I don't want to push him too far outside of that. So right. both of us are working to make the other one comfortable. Yeah. Not, not one person working for their own needs. I'm working on his behalf and I'm also considering my own. So let me hit you with another question. So, <laughs> all right, I get this question a lot and I don't want to single out men, but mm -hmm. I'm really good at it. So why does my <laughs> husband get so defensive when I talk about my feelings yeah. or needs? I get that or, question too yeah. on my account also. For sure. Um, so me does take that it, mean, do you want to take it? Hmm. Is this a question about men specifically then? Yes. Is that what it's going to be? Okay. 
I think you should start as the okay, man. I'm I think start. you should start. <laughs> I'm going to start, and I'm, but I want you to chime in because I, yeah. I love your perspective. Okay. So I believe he's getting defensive because he feels attacked. He mm-hmm. feels unfairly accused. Mm-hmm. Um, he most likely feels unappreciated. That goes back to all those things that we talked about, how he feels mm-hmm. loved most. Now he is getting, now he's, you know, he feels as if um, he's being unfairly blamed for something. Now that might, that might not mean it's true. Mm-hmm. But but just like how you don't want him to invalidate your feelings, mm-hmm. just because you don't understand what he's feeling, if I'm if if he knew what he was feeling, he could probably tell you, I feel like you're unfairly attacking me. I feel like you're unfairly yeah. blaming me for this. So um he also doesn't appreciate it when you kind of invalidate his feelings there. Mm-hmm. So we have to navigate this because he's he is feeling something. The re- he's do- he's getting defensive for a reason. I'm not saying that reason is justified. I'm just saying there is a <laughs> right. reason behind his behind what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it stems from his. He doesn't want to feel like you're calling him a failure. He right, he's right. hearing something that you're not necessarily saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it's so important to slow down when we start to see our partner getting defensive. We slow down and say. I think I think something's happening here. It's it feels like you've you can even use those words. It feels like you feel like you're being blamed or attacked oh. or accused. You know why and can, I love that? Can we talk about that? And he and just to see what he says because he might he yeah. will say usually he will say I do feel like that. Yeah. And then he'll launch into you know a deeper exploration of yeah. it. You know you know why I love that. Um, would it would it be fair to say that I think men when they're young don't get nearly as much practice or instruction on how to identify the things that they're feeling in real time yeah massive problem yeah yeah, and so when these when when these things when we bring up uncomfortable things with them that starts that storm in their head of emotions and they don't know how to recognize what's flying around in the same way that women who are traditionally, we just, we get a lot more training and experience with it. And um, so I know it's it's tougher for my male partner to navigate that stuff and those feelings in the moment. You know what else is a huge problem in that whole scenario is a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of part, men or women, they mm-hmm. grew up with critical parents. Yeah. And this is a yeah. huge issue because Deep down, if they don't feel like they're allowed to make a mistake, mm-hmm. when you essentially come and say, hey, when you did X, even if you take responsibility for your feelings, even if you're vulnerable, even if you do all of the steps, you soft start up and you say, when this happened, it made me feel hurt. It made me feel unappreciated. It made me feel like we're not yeah. on a team. He immediate, That immediately triggers him. I'm mm-hmm. not allowed to make mistakes. Oh, and, sure. And that triggers his shame. And he is in a different place. That's why he yeah. almost seems like he's spaced out for a second mm-hmm. and he's either reacting with anger. He's either, and it's, it's, it's unproportional to what you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, and why he can't hear anymore? He can't no. hear you anymore no. in that state. Yeah. He's um, immediately flooded. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and I, I'm a woman, but, um, I definitely grew up feeling the weight of my parents' expectations. And when my partner comes to me with things that I've done wrong, I am, I am, Immediate, I'm I'm transported back to six year old me who's done something wrong and I yep. feel ashamed for it. So and and you and you and we've touched on this before. I remember you yeah. saying I remember you talking about the shrink ray, but that yeah. it, it's yeah. that's such an important now now I want 
people to hear me that I understand how extremely frustrating that is. We're just <laughs> like, I'm not saying that any of this is justified. I'm not saying if I got defensive at my wife when she simply told me her feelings, I'm yeah. still in the wrong. I'm just, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't justify it doesn't, no. bad behavior. But no. it's just, it's good to look at this stuff with some empathetic eyes and yes. see why our and partner it's might be. And it's extremely frustrating when you're just mm-hmm. trying to, you, you're trying to do everything right. Mm-hmm. You're trying to reconnect with them. You're trying yeah. to be honest and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And they essentially, unintentionally punish you for it. Yeah. And they dismiss oh. it. And they, and That's that causes you to not ever want to bring something up again. So I yeah. totally understand that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that this is one of those times where if this is happening, this might be a time where you're like, okay, uh, I know I'm doing everything that I can, to, yeah. so maybe we should seek professional help yeah. because clearly, that might be a time for counseling. clearly this is a disconnect here. Mm-hmm. And this is very important. This um, there's no reason to continue fighting. There's yeah. no reason. I mean, you're not doing anything by just getting into that fight and and you know. Well, you're break you by letting things escalate. It brings things yeah. down. You know, yeah. it creates the space and the distance that you don't want. Exactly. So that brings me to another question that I want to ask that I get a lot and it's okay. um why do we keep why do we keep fighting? So oh. I want to I want to hear your answer to that. Why do we keep fighting? I'll give you mine. Yeah, um why do we keep fighting? That's one that I don't get as much. Maybe just not phrased that way. The folks yeah. who are messaging me absolutely are fighting, but why do we keep fighting? I think if you're if you're having the same fights because that's what that question sounds like it's the same fights repeating if you're having the same fights you may not have enough tools in your tool belt for handling those fights in a healthy way Um, it does not mean that you don't care about each other i mean if you're still coming back together despite all the conflict you clearly care about that person very much but if you're having the same fight over and over again and you're dealing with it in the same old ways I would say that would be an issue of not enough resources for dealing with things in a healthy way. I think you're spot on. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Thanks. I, I, <laughs> Your approval means I, so much to I, me, I, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I seriously, I'm very happy that you like that. <laughs> when I get that question, I I have no tolerance for people that are in a tough spot in their relationship and they tell me all we do is fight i have no tolerance for it i'm like okay we'll yeah. stop fighting today like i'm not i'm not like you know how nice i am but yeah. i'm not nice when you tell me that all you guys do is fight i'm like okay well we're gonna put a stop to that right now because it's not doing anything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so the fact that you think well how, how could we possibly stop fighting well mm-hmm. well you're it takes two to fight like it takes two it absolutely takes two to fight so like it sure does when you know that that. when that okay good i want to hear it when that light bulb (laughs) goes off in your head like Mm -hmm. oh it takes two to fight i don't actually have to fight i mean once you know why you're fighting oh i'm fighting because i feel unappreciated i feel emotionally Mm -hmm. disconnected in this relationship i feel like i don't can't even trust my partner well you're a fighting because you're you're terrified of this relationship crumbling before your eyes and And you just want to do anything you can to reach out and grab them and desperation. desperation. Mm -hmm. But once you realize, oh, this, we're just going round and round in circles. This isn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. Then it takes two to fight. I would say, absolutely. You need to stop fighting. Do not criticize. Do not shame. Do not get defensive. Do not get Mm -hmm. dismissive. Do not name call. Do not blame shift. Um, 
when you start to see those hot button things that I just mentioned, when mm -hmm. you know what they are, and you start to see them coming up in your fights, you can go, oh, ho well, hold on, I think we're in a fight. And then yes. you just leave. You just leave. I mean, you can <laughs> well, walk you, away. You, let them you can know. you can say, okay, well, yeah. I, I meant like on your way out. You're like, right. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go <laughs> take a 45 minute break. I'll mm -hmm. come back and we can have we can continue this discussion. But yeah. there's no there's no reason why you should just continue fighting yeah. or or or. I want people to know you don't have to stay stuck in the same destructive cycles. Yeah, you don't I think, have to. I think I saw But you this touched on, on that better, you know. Oh, well, uh, by I By saying I you don't this, have the tools. Yeah, you, you know? don't have the tools. I saw this on the Secure Relationships account. Yes, on I Instagram. love her account. If you don't if you haven't account. gone to her account, please write after this. A million. It's it's at the Secure Relationship. Mm -hmm. She's she's fantastic and yeah. she'll never hear she'll never hear us plug this she'll so it's not like we're doing it. No. <laughs> But you will uh, not you will not regret it because you will learn so much from her account. Absolutely, and I and I think um, she talks about conflict a lot. And I'm sure this sentence comes from her account. It said, "In the middle of a fight, when you realize what's happening, you say, I don't want this for us. I don't mm. want this to be the way that we're communicating. And that. for that reason, I'm going to take a breather. I will be yeah. back at this precise time because I care about this issue, and I'll see you then. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. And who can fight with that? Which leads into my story. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter by nature. You don't look I, like a fighter. I know. You wouldn't think that. I just, I, I just look like an angry smurf when I'm upset. It's really, it's not very impactful. But That's funny. I, I, I definitely, when things get heated, I have more of a tendency to lose my head about it than, I, than my partner does. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to be the one who starts starts my voice will get a little bit louder and i'll start getting a little attacky and he is so good about just he just this weird serial killer calm comes over him and he's just you totally like, should rephrase that but so i know what you mean <laughs> i mean it as a compliment um he <laughs> those he, words have never been said before so congratulations <laughs> i'm a writer jimmy that's what i do this this beautiful serial killer calm and he's like this isn't how yeah. we're going to do this. And I'm wow. like, oh, oh, I love it. It's very, I bet you, that is, and, and I can't, you can't fight with that. You can't fight with that. I tried once to keep the fight going. And if it's only one person, it doesn't work. And it's it beautiful. just doesn't work. No, I love it's that. a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it wasn't, this isn't how we're doing it. I'm not talking to you anymore. It right. was like, this isn't how we're doing this. Have a seat, right? Yeah. Let me get you a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Of water, or it's something stronger, depending on the fight. And yeah. right, let's talk about this in a in a better way. I love and I'm that. Like, wow, I'm not dude, a, where'd you yeah. learn that? You know, I love that. He probably read your book. I um, <laughs> excellent so, plug. Yeah. Okay. I know. All right. That's oh, by the way, yeah. I don't know if you can see my. I have your book, Anxious Hearts oh, Guide. Thanks. You should get it. Oh, hey. Um, as long up? as we're plugging things here, oh, okay. um, if you guys are listening to this, the audiobook is released. Yes. Like, yes. At this time of recording, it's not. But if you can hear this right now and you want the Anxious Hearts Guide in audiobook, now's the time. Head over love to that. Audible. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Go I ahead. love that. Thank um, you. <laughs> what I was going to say, I'm not a counselor, but if I was, mm -hmm. I would tell people that I would make them in, the, in, in my office, I would make them look at each other and say, mm -hmm. um, I love you more than any fight that we might have. Oh, that's nice. That's good. And too. then, because like when that. you look at somebody in the eyes and you have to say that, um, you can't fight with them. There's just something that. special yeah. about that, and hopefully, that kind of takes you into like little light bulb moments of like, okay, but 
how do we actually execute that? Because there's yeah. plenty of tools and there's plenty of tools and resources to to actually live that out. Mm-hmm. I love you any more than any fight that we're going to have. Mm-hmm. And um, but how, what does a, love? But what does love look like during a fight? Totally. That's an important question too. So, anyways, um, my hey, and I got to say, my buddy Adam, who we will definitely have on the podcast. Yeah, um, I love him already. Yeah, fix your picker on Instagram. He's yeah. also not paying for this. I just love his account. Um, yeah. He said that him and his wife. Um, they love the phrase, I love you and, and then they say the thing. Not I oh. love you, but, meaning the love is not conditional. Even though you're folding the towels the wrong way and the dishes are all done wrong, I love yeah. you and I need blank. You know, whatever yeah. it is you want to insert there. The I love you I love and that. is a great startup. All right, Jimmy, here's another question. What okay. can I do to help my partner feel safe to open up to me? Because I know when I want to have an uncomfortable or a deep conversation with my partner, sometimes, sometimes he's kind of just, I can feel the wall coming up, you know, <laughs> I can, I, I watch it go up, the drawbridge raises and right. what, what can I do as the partner of somebody who might be feeling a little defensive or unsafe to make them feel more open and ready to talk? We already talked about kind of having a culture of a- admiration and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously plays a role because if you're if you're if your Gottman ratio is off if you're not at five to one, you know, then um, then these all of these types of conversations, these difficult conversations, become a lot more difficult because mm-hmm. your ratio isn't where it needs to be. So, oh, um, sorry. So you're saying there's that's something that I specifically can do is bring that ratio up. The, the compliments and the admiration and appreciation are one of the things that would make that would bring the drawbridge down, right? I mean, is that what you're saying? I, that is what I, that is exactly uh-huh, what I'm saying. I but like I don't want to. But I also don't want to put all of the responsibility on you because obviously, absolutely, you, you know that I believe that it is ex- it is extremely imperative in our relationships. And I mm-hmm. I quoted men are from Mars, women are from Venus last week. Yeah. Um, because, and I don't remember the exact quote, but it went something like this. It's, it's imperative that mm-hmm. you have two partners who are where one partner can freely express their hurts, mm-hmm. needs, and desires, and the other partner can receive them. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, and obviously the person expressing is doing it in a respectful, non-accusatory mm-hmm. way. And the person receiving it is doing it with validation and understanding. Mm-hmm. Ideally, um, Ideally. Ideally. That's how it works best. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that goes, that's not, you know, that goes both ways, obviously, as mm-hmm. it always does. So, mm-hmm. so, so obviously my first point is if you, if you're, if you feel like your partner is defensive, they're closed off. I, how do I get them to feel safe to open up to me? Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain things you can do. There's certain things that are out of your control. So the things that you can do are to make sure that you have a culture of appreciation and admiration. Have I laid that groundwork to where when I come to them with a hurt or a complaint, they don't just automatically think, oh, what is it now? Like, oh, of course, oh, this is just always another, something. it's yeah. always something. When's okay. the last time you told me something positive? You yeah. come with, you come at me and it's always something negative. Now, of mm-hmm. course, I understand that a lot of times it's like, yeah, but it is always negative. I, I understand. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like optimally, Optimally, anybody who's ever listened to me before knows that um, how they respond and whether or not they open up to you is not simply just something that you can say. You can't control them in that way. They have to be very true. They have to be vulnerable and they have to choose. They have to understand that what that distance, that emotional disconnection that 
they're feeling, um, mm-hmm. they can't just avoid. They can't just mm-hmm. avoid. They can't just dismiss. They can't just wall up. That's not yeah. safe, you know. Um, so that's the other thing I wanted to say. But I also wanted to add on that I get questions. I've gotten a few questions from from some amazing men that mm-hmm. say, "Hey." I used to be like you and just kind of oblivious, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to learn about this stuff. Can you can you tell me what's what are some good ways for me to be emotionally safe for my partner? Oh, that's fantastic! I can I can answer that. Right? Please. <laughs> um, I think advice that I would give to men who are unfamiliar or uncomfortable with opening up would um, a really great way to start is just by telling someone how you feel. That's it. Just sharing an emotion that you have. You don't have to say why. You don't have to say where it's coming from. But just telling someone, hey, like, I've been feeling really frustrated lately. Or I've been feeling really down lately and I don't know why. You don't have to have all the answers. But sharing, opening opening up means just letting them peek and see what emotions you're having. That's a great start. And women are not going to be upset if you don't know the reason that you're frustrated or sad. We'll just be like, oh my gosh, he's talking to me about his emotions. That's it. It's, you've won right there. Um, it's a it's great so start. True. And it's easy to do. Think about yep. how you're feeling. Express that. Find a feeling word. You can use the feelings wheel online if yep. you need help with that. And, because um, sometimes that can be tricky. But sometimes you it can, can be tricky. It's a good you start. You can figure though. it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to add to that because uh, it's so important that they as men we that we that we're doing that but it's also important just like we talked about a culture of appreciation and admiration mm-hmm. um i would tell my my men that they need to be building a culture of how to listen to mm. their partner because yeah. we have we notoriously just don't do a great job at listening so part of a emo- part of cultivating emotional safety is um, like we've said all along, it's it's inviting and encouraging their feelings instead of just dismissing them or yeah. treating them as burdens. Um, yeah. That never leads to closeness. Mm-hmm. But what really leads to closeness is is listening to understand their perspective. And if mm-hmm. you don't care about their perspective, I just don't think you care about them. That's and, a great yeah. point. That's a great point because that's part of love too, is truly it's part of, it's caring absolutely part how of the other person is experiencing the relationship. If you don't yeah. care about that, you shouldn't be in a relationship with that person. I think that's very true. Let me lead you into one more question. Um, okay. What is my partner thinking during conflict? Ah, I love this. Um, what is my partner thinking during conflict? I kind of already touched on it from the men perspective, so maybe sure. you could touch well, on let it. Well, let me bring an or attachment perspective into it. Yeah. How about that? Um, the four S's of secure attachment are safety. Um, it's, it's when someone feels safe, seen, soothed, and secure. And mm. during conflict, we're missing one or more of those. So... If your partner is looking activated and the conflict is getting escalated, they may not be feeling safe, meaning they can't express themselves or something, or they might feel physically worried about themselves, in which case couples counseling or call the police, right? Um, great, pa- great place to mention that our podcast does not apply to oh, abusive so relationships. I think we should probably say that every time. Yes. Um, they may not be feeling seen, meaning the issue that's upsetting them is they don't feel like you're actually looking at the issue that's upsetting them or they're 
or their emotions about it. Um, they may not be feeling soothed. Sometimes we don't want the problem to be solved. We just want a hug or a pat on the back. Um, and then, and then because of all those things, we may not be feeling secure, meaning we're worried that this issue will happen again. And, and it makes the foundation of our relationship unsteady. Yes. And so and any one of those things could be happening in the yeah. mind of your partner during conflict. Yeah. And from my perspective, I always just try to focus on um, curiosity. If, if you were my Great. partner and something was upset with you, mm-hmm. or some, you were upset about something, being curious mm-hmm. and trying to, trying to fully understand you. I, I like to say, try to make it a goal that you can summarize what they're feeling and what they're needing Great tip. so that they would, they would agree yeah. you got it. You yeah. at least got it. Let me hit you with another question, even though I'm going to answer it, because I get this question <laughs> a lot. Um, what am I supposed to do when my husband, I, I get a lot of questions from women, so I'm sorry to mm-hmm. pick on you husbands, but no, that's... for the for the one guy that's watching Frank, <laughs> Frank, um, Frank, what am I supposed to do when my husband yeah. refuses to help with the mutual chores? I get this question mm-hmm. a tremendous amount. It really does break my heart because um, once again, it goes back to he obviously... Su- other things are happening other than just him. He's just not helping. You know, mm-hmm. he obviously feels like, well, I'm I'm contributing in lots of other ways. You're making a big deal about nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's imperative that we obviously both get to the bottom of what's actually going on and not just arguing about. It's sometimes it's not about the dishes. It's about mm-hmm. the distance in the relationship. Yeah, um, that's the truth. And sometimes it's just about the dishes. Like just do the dishes, please. <laughs> so right. So what I want to say to this is it, it goes back to accepting the influence of our partner. You remember the Gottman quote. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. It's not, a, it's not as common, but it's a, it's a powerful quote. Mm-hmm. Um, Gottman says that in, this is in heterosexual relationships, mm-hmm. that when a man doesn't accept the influence of his female partner, that there's an 81% chance that that relationship fails. Wow. That's, a, that's high. Huh. And what I believe that he means, he goes into depth about what, accepting the influences, but you probably already understand that when she comes to us and says, I feel neglected because Mm -hmm. I'm doing, I'm doing all the mutual chores in the home, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, you're fixing things when it breaks and you're changing the oil every couple months. And I get it, but like, Mm -hmm. but these are these daily tasks. Like I'm in the trenches here with the kids Mm -hmm. and I'm doing the dishes and I'm making the dinner and I'm the only one checking for poop in the babies. And it gets mm-hmm. really, really overwhelming. Oh, yeah. And you're just desperate for that person to kind of be in that world with you. And when they're not, it feels very, uh, you feel very abandoned and you mm-hmm. feel very neglected. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes it comes down to just the smallest things. Like, you know, you made, you, you made a dinner and he just, he didn't really say thank you for the dinner and he, it just feels like an entitlement. And then he doesn't, he can't even put his dish in the dishwasher. It's just like it snowballs. And mm-hmm. so anyways, mm-hmm. how do I get him to help me with the mutual chores? I think it's imperative that one, we be able to have that emotionally safe conversation where you can actually tell him, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm needing from you. It's perfectly fine to say, I really do need you and you can get very specific. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Now, people hate that advice because <laughs> it goes against, it, it's yeah. hard to say, and it goes against, especially a lot of us anxious attachers, we don't want to have to tell them how to love us. They should right. already 
They should know that information. We've been together eight years. You should know that. (laughs) And I empathize with that tremendously. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of you that's right. They should anticipate your needs. And I (laughs) teach men to do that. Mm -hmm. However, there is also a time where you need to specifically tell people what they what you need from them. Sure. Because people aren't mind readers and your partner wants to win. They do. They do want to win. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it, but they they do. do, And they might not know how. And they might not know what they're doing wrong, you know? Yeah. So sometimes the 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 stupid answer to that is that it's really helpful to do this in front of a third party where you just talk about Uh, how it makes you feel. Yeah. Um because a lot of times it is just going to trigger people, you know, let me guess, every time you ask him, or let me, every time you tell him that you feel neglected with the mutual choice, he always brings up all the other things that he does to contribute. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so of course, there's other things going on beneath the surface that you really need somebody else to dig into. So, sure. I think yeah. we covered some really good stuff today. I do. I did. And, and if yeah. we left out your question, we really are sorry. Please, please feel free to email us and, and tell oh. us you really missed you really missed these most important questions and we'll include them on the next one i would love i love um post requests so if you guys want to dm on instagram or tiktok for jimmy probably or instagram either one anyway find us on social media um i'm uh anxious hearts guide and jimmy do you do you ever throw your handle out or is it just your name yeah it's just my name jimmy Oh, okay yeah like beyonce Oh, there you go. Look, Jimmy Knowles, yeah. like Beyonce. <laughs> um, find us online. That's actually not in the username. It's not it's like not Beyonce. It's not like no. Beyonce. Yeah, maybe it should be. Um, no. Um, it really should be. Send us, send us your questions, things that we didn't cover. We love talking about this stuff. And, we do. Um, I, I love that you guys are here listening and working on yourself and your relationship. That's, a, that's an awesome thing. It's a hard thing, and it's an yes. admirable thing. So, And we're super proud of you, here. and we will see you in episode four. Please come back. Thank you. <laughs> Please come back. We love that it. Sounded, <laughs> that sounded way too desperate. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it. <laughs> okay. Please come back. <laughs> Please. We'll to our show. Um, they, I, okay. I would do this even if nobody listened. I would do. But I think All right. Frank's listening, so we got to do it for him. Praise right? God for Frank. He fell asleep hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is his This is his nighttime. This yeah. is how he gets to sleep at night. He told his wife that he was listening to a podcast. He, she made him listen and he She's fell asleep. She's so happy. Yeah, okay. She's so happy. <laughs> All right, See you I'm going to let you go. See you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.